0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. On the eve of yet another election Tuesday for the Republican Party, we bring numbers cruncher extraordinaire Jay Cost in with his abacus and his uh, ruler and his calculator to give us the the news, good and bad. Uh, Jay, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, Michael. How are you doing?
0: More importantly, how are the never-Trump folks doing as we head to Arizona and Utah?
1: Well, it could be worse. You know, look, so tomorrow is a big day, or it's not really a big day in the grand scheme of things, but it's it's an important day. Uh, there's 58 delegates at stake in Arizona, and that's a winner-take-all statewide, which means if whoever gets one more vote than anybody else gets all 58 delegates, uh, that's probably going to go to Trump. Um, the Cruz campaign has really been signaling they don't expect to win. Um, Jan Brewer endorsed Trump a couple weeks ago. Um, that's a pretty easy bet. Utah is an easy bet in the other direction. That's almost assuredly going to go to Cruz. The real question in Utah is whether or not Cruz can get more than 50 percent, because that if he hits 50 percent, then that's called what we in the uh, in the business like to call a backdoor winner-take-all, where it's a proportional state unless somebody wins half plus one of the votes, in which case they get all the delegates. So that would be 40 delegates for Cruz to 58 delegates for Trump tomorrow night if that holds. Now, so Trump will have won a majority of the delegates, but here's where things are interesting. Moving forward, to clinch the nomination, Trump will have to win about three-fifths of all available delegates here on out. So if this scenario holds tomorrow night, he will fall short of that mark. So we could notch that as a victory. Um, and More importantly, we have, we have two weeks off after tomorrow night. You know, there's just been this crush of primaries almost Virtually nonstop since, um, since the Iowa caucuses. There's been something every week. We're going to take two weeks off, which I think will be a good opportunity um, for the anti Trump forces to sort of get a sense of where we are and what comes next. And then we go to Wisconsin.
0: Well, before we get to Wisconsin, let's talk about where you think we are now. And I know 538 has been doing some uh, analysis of the actual delegate count. Uh, what are the odds of Donald Trump getting the magic 1237?
1: Well, I don't know, Um, and I I have a lot of respect for what 538's been doing, uh, but it's an important point to keep in mind, and they acknowledge this too. So this is not a criticism of their model. Uh, There is so much uncertainty, Michael. It's really hard to even put an estimate on, because if you go to a state like California, for instance, California has 155 delegates up for grabs, uh, but they're distributed almost entirely by congressional district. Now think about all of those overwhelmingly Democratic congressional districts like San Francisco or south-central Los Angeles. Um, who are the handful, and I mean literally the handful of Republicans <laughs> in these places, who are they going to vote for? I have no idea. They have outsized power moving forward. Uh, the same holds true in New York, which has 95, uh, 95 delegates, again overwhelmingly distributed by congressional districts. So if whether or not Trump wins the nomination comes down to whether or not he wins, you know, Greenwich Village and the South Bronx, then who knows? (laughs) I mean, nobody knows. You know, so I I think that's something to keep in mind here as we move forward is that a lot of these states, you know, like you look at a state like Utah and it's like, okay, well, Cruz is going to win pretty clearly. You look at a state like New Jersey and you think, okay, Trump's going to win. And then you look at a state like Nebraska and say, okay, Cruz is going to win. And then you look at it like, you know, these you know you start wondering about these congressional districts in California and New York, and you just have to say, I have no clue whatsoever.
0: Well, then let's get to Wisconsin then, because Wisconsin's kind of a yet another linchpin in this will Trump or won't Trump hit his uh, target.
1: Right. Wisconsin is a big state. Wisconsin has a process that works similar to the way South Carolina did, where it's uh winner-take-all statewide so if you get one more vote than everybody else you get a big tranche of um, statewide delegates and then it's winner-take-all by congressional district now the polling on Wisconsin we haven't had any recent polling on Wisconsin and I I doubt we're going to see any for probably a couple more days um, and by the way one of the problems with candidates dropping out like Rubio dropped out on on Tuesday the problem is pollsters like to poll over the weekend, so all the polls that they may have been conducting with Rubio in the race are now not worth anything. So we have to wait. So um, I doubt we're going to see anything out of Wisconsin this week. Uh, this week, probably next week. Um, but if you look at uh, the Marquette University Law School poll, which is a very good poll run by Charles Franklin, uh, who's a longtime, widely respected political scientist, found Trump very weak in the. Uh, in the sort of the southeastern part of the state Around Milwaukee Which is where the core Republican vote in the state is So around Milwaukee And then even Waukesha And then we can Green Bay as well But doing stronger in the northwestern part of the state But still not overwhelming So Wisconsin is going to be an important state I think my concern with Wisconsin Is that it is a state where I would expect In a two-person race Trump would almost assuredly lose uh, The oh, the the statewide and the majority of the congressional districts. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to be a two person race. I think that John Kasich has been convinced by his advisors that he has some realistic angle at the nomination. And I think John Kasich is going to continue to persist in this delusion and that Wisconsin will therefore be split three ways and that we could be looking at another very good night for Trump.
0: When you say delusion, I mean, uh, uh, even the RNC chairman, Reince Priebus, has had to acknowledge that it's not 100 percent that the nominee will even be one of the three people who are still in the race. Is it a delusion this year for anybody? I mean, look, if Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney can be on the list, Jay, then why not a guy who actually has some delegates?
1: Well, I think the problem with that analysis is that I, I just I have a hard time believing Um well, for, I have a couple problems with that. For starters, you know, I don't think the Casey campaign is doing any kind of the grassroots type of legwork designed to get actual delegates who are loyal to them. And that's something to bear in mind here, Michael, is that there's actually two, part, there's two stages to the process. The first one is what we're all paying attention to, and this is who wins and who gets the delegates, right? right? But that's not actually how the delegates are selected. In some states, they are selected that way. In Ohio, for instance, the candidates themselves select the delegates. But in most most places, the delegates overwhelmingly are selected through a process of uh, district and state conventions. Uh, and I see no evidence that the Casey campaign is organized to make sure, or to try, to to see if they can get delegates elected at those conventions who are loyal to them. Uh, and I thought it was very telling, and w- was uh, mostly overlooked, was uh, I, it was... Uh, Almost a week and a half ago, the Wyoming County conventions were held, and the people didn't pay attention to this because who's paying attention to the Wyoming County conventions? Well, exactly. I was paying attention to the Wyoming County.
0: Convention. And by the way, Jay, oh. that's why we love you—is you're the one guy who's paying attention to this and telling us what matters and what doesn't. Yeah.
1: There were no, there were over nine there were about 950 uh, attendees at these conventions. Okay, delegates to the county conventions. Do you know how many of them voiced support for John Kasich? zero he got zero <laughs> delegates out of over 900 county delegates which and and, and so that's why he got no delegates right out of Wyoming because he doesn't have anybody in Wyoming the Cruz campaign on the other hand was actively organized in Wyoming they were handing out lists to to their supporters saying these are the people that we want to send to Cleveland these are the people the Casey campaign wasn't even there the Casey campaign couldn't even get itself on the ballot in Pennsylvania, except for, uh, you know, good luck. Right. To get on the ballot in Pennsylvania, you had to submit 2,500 signatures. Now, in practice, you have to sit, submit way more signatures than that, because the uh, m- a big chunk of them are just going to be invalid, and, and exactly. if a an rival campaign challenges the signatures, then you're sunk. So the can- the Casey campaign submitted like 2,700 uh, <laughs> signatures to Pennsylvania. Think about that, Michael. How right. many millions of people live in this state? The Kasich campaign got like 2,700 signatures. The Rubio campaign was in the process of challenging those signatures, uh, but dropped the challenge because Rubio dropped out. And something similar happened in Illinois. So you tell me, how is a candidate who can't even get on the ballot, it, it, you know, barely gets on the ballot in a state like Pennsylvania, which is a must-win state for Kasich? barely gets on the ballot in Illinois, which, again, was a must-win state for him. How is he going to be organized at these county at district and state conventions to actually send delegates to Cleveland who are loyal to him? The entire thing is a pipe dream, in my opinion.
0: And then you add the fact, how do you get a guy who keeps saying over and over again, I support a pathway for legalization and amnesty to get the nomination of the Republican Party in 2016, which uh, Governor Kasich was saying again this past weekend. I want to ask you about another state before I let you go. And I think it, it reverberates with the polling. Um, our, our colleague Steve Hayes has a great piece up about Donald Trump and about where he stands with the polling, the things you have to believe to believe he's going to win. And... uh it points out that 67 percent of Americans have expressed their lack of approval, you know, uh, with uh, Donald Trump. You go through the the vote for women, 40 percent of Republican women have said they, they don't care for Donald Trump. And then you go to Utah. And I, I don't know about you. I was just stunned by this poll from the Desiree News showing Hillary Clinton beating Donald Trump, albeit by the margin of error. But still in probably the consistently most Republican state in the country. Donald Trump is losing there, as I said to somebody the other day, Jay, when they're talking about how Donald Trump could you know, pick up swing states. I said, are you kidding? If he's the nominee, Idaho and South Carolina become swing states. What does it tell us, the the numbers you've seen, about the uh, Trump argument that I can get swing blue collar voters to make Ohio and, and Michigan and Pennsylvania ours versus the polling that uh, Steve Hayes and I have been talking about?
1: Well, look, you know, Politico had an interesting piece out a couple of days ago, fact-checking, you know, four hours' worth of Donald Trump statements, and they found something like one misstatement for every, you know, every five seconds or something crazy <laughs> like that. You know? The guy is not burdened by the mandate to tell the truth, mm-hmm. okay? And this is another absolute abject falsehood. I, I, let me state flatly and unequivocally that if Donald Trump is the nominee, Hillary Clinton's floor in the Electoral College is 400 votes.
0: That's her floor. Right That's her floor.
1: That's the floor, wow. number one. Number two, kiss the Senate goodbye. I mean, it's not even going to be a close call. It will be a bloodbath. Number three, uh, this is a little more controversial at this point, but I would give the Republicans no better than 40% odds to hold the House of Representatives. This guy is an abject disaster for the Republican Party in November. There is no other way to put it. And the notion that he is going to bring in some tranche of new voters is just a complete fiction. For two reasons. Number one, there aren't enough of them, okay? I live in western Pennsylvania. I live I live right near places that up until very recently were voting democratic. And yeah, can Trump bring some new voters in from Beaver County? Yeah, maybe he can. But I'm telling you what. I live in Butler County, which has been voting republican since 1856 and he's going to get killed in butler county he is going to get killed in the cranberry township suburbs in butler county because people are going to look at him and they're going to think no way suburban what you watch suburban women in cranberry township are going to bolt him in droves and the same thing's going to happen replicate that times a hundred in the philadelphia suburbs it's going to be an absolute slaughter. And I think that he can hold the line maybe in the south. I think I could I see him winning Mississippi and Alabama and maybe Louisiana. I think he loses Georgia. I think he loses North Carolina. But I think you know you that's only one area where the Republican party is strong. You go to the Great Plains, right? So the Great Plains starts with Texas and then goes up up to the Canadian border and then it goes west towards Uh, up through uh, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah. He is going to punk out all through that region. These people want nothing to do with this guy. And maybe they'll vote for him over Hillary Clinton because they find Hillary Clinton so objectionable, but he is not going to win those states by anything approaching uh, a solid margin. If you want a view of what Trump looks like on Election Day, I think the best – the best map that you can look at is probably the 1928 map between Al Smith and Herbert Hoover. And Her- Herbert Hoover massacred Al Smith. It is going to be an absolute, total bloodbath for Republicans. It will give the Democrats not only the control of the White House and the Senate, but very possibly the House of Representatives.
0: And on that happy note with Jay Cost, our numbers country extraordinaire. Jay, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. I'm going to go find some hemlock now.
1: Yeah, save some for me.
0: (laughs) You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check WeeklyStandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.